Welcome to Connect Church. We're a new church in the East Windsor Heightstown area, and we're a church that is looking to connect to Jesus and community. We're so glad you've joined us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Connect Church. My name is Frank, and I'm the pastor here. We are just so thankful that you're watching with us today, and so welcome. Again, the heart of our church is to connect you to Jesus and community, and so we just encourage you wherever you're watching today, click the connect link, let us know you're watching, help get connected to community here at the church. Today, we're kicking off a new series called Spring Cleaning. This time of year, after you're kind of inside for the winter, you start to accumulate things and random stuff just from not really going anywhere. And then spring comes and you start to get out of the house a little bit and you begin to realize, all right, I need to do a little bit of cleaning uh, and get ready for the summer. Hopefully some people will be coming over. And the same thing is true of our lives. This last year, again, was very different. A lot of us were, were inside more than we, we normally were. Our routines, our patterns, everything about life was thrown off. And now that we're hopefully nearing the end and we begin to see kind of the, the glimmer of hope on the horizon, the, the truth is we need to evaluate our hearts, our lives, and see maybe some of the habits and the things that we started in our lives over the last few months just need a little bit of adjusting. And so with that in mind, we're doing this series called Spring Cleaning. It's funny, we were talking to some of the people in the church uh, over the past few weeks, and this idea has come up a lot. Uh, just as we look back over the last year, some of the things that we've seen come into our hearts and into our lives, we just need to hand over to God. Again, this last year has been hard. We've been separated from people we love. Our routines have been thrown off. Some of us have experienced trauma and just different things that have happened to us. And so with that, we're gonna talk about all of this over the next few weeks. I coach baseball at Hopewell High School and uh, the season started last week. It, it was awesome to be back out on the field. Last season got canceled, um, but we started off with just pitchers and catchers. And so this time of year, when it's just pitchers and catchers, the whole goal is to get the pitcher's arms back used to throwing a lot. The first time you throw, if you've never thrown a baseball or a softball before, it hurts a lot. The, they actually say throwing is the worst thing that you can do for your shoulder. It's meant to go under, and when you go over, it puts a lot of strain on the shoulder. And so throwing, especially after not playing baseball for a year, stretches ligaments and muscles in a way that they weren't meant to. To be able to continue to keep throwing the course of the season, it takes recovery. Kids need to stretch. They need to ice their arms after. Uh, they need to make sure that they're taking care of their arms. You and I need moments of recovery in our lives. There are seasons where life is heavy, where it's tiring, where it's difficult. And in those moments, we need to care for our souls. And oftentimes in those moments, it feels impossible and hard to care for ourselves. And as a culture, we're not very good at this. We just keep ourselves busy. We, we buy more stuff to distract ourselves from the fact that we need to slow down and look in the mirror and deal with some of the things that are going on in our lives. In Psalms, we see this back and forth all the time. 
David praises God in one chapter, and in the next, he's frustrated. How does he go from this frustration back to restoration in who God is? We often see the vulnerability of a man after God's own heart. And so today we're going to read Psalm 71 and just take a look at this idea of how we need to recover sometimes. When life is difficult, when we experience hard things, the worst thing we can do is just kind of hold on and keep pushing. Sometimes we need to stop and slow down and allow God to work in our hearts and in our lives. So Psalm 71, many believe that this is a Psalm of David. He's older in years at this point, but as he's gotten older, his faith has grown stronger. And this is a prayer of his in trust in who God is. Some call this the prayer of a mature believer who in a holy confidence pleads with God. See, as we get older, we should depend less on our strength and more on the source of our strength. The source of our strength is Jesus and the work that he did on the cross. And even in the first step of admitting that sometimes we need help, it's to realize that sometimes we just can't do this on our own strength. We can't just keep pushing along. We need to stop and make space for God and for people to come alongside of us. And so with that, we read Psalm 71, verses 1 through 3. It says, O Lord, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be disgraced. Save me and rescue me, for you do what is right. Turn your ear to listen to me and set me free. Be my rock of safety where I can always hide. Give the order to save me. You are my rock and my fortress. A refuge is a condition of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, pursuit, danger, or trouble. It's trusting that God is going to deliver. The first line looks to God. And David, in a moment of distress, calls out first his trust in God. David was confident that God would be with him and that he would work and he would move. And he begins with this declaration of faith. See, to the soul in trouble, trust in God is what an anchor is to a ship in distress. When a ship is in distress, they drop the anchor to keep it safe in the time of distress. See, trust in our Savior is what keeps us grounded when life throws all that it can at us. David prayed with full confidence that God would be his rock today. I don't know what you're facing but it's our trust in who God is and that he'll work and that he'll be with us that gives us strength through whatever we're facing. We continue reading. It says, My God, rescue me from the power of the wicked, from the clutches of cruel oppressors. O Lord, you alone are my hope. I've trusted you, O Lord, from childhood. Yes, you have been with me from birth. From my mother's womb, you have cared for me. No wonder I am always praising you. Again, David is trusting in the constant care of God. And we see the source of David's misery revealed here. There's a wicked man, unrighteous and cruel. And, and from this, David needs God to deliver him, to protect him. But despite it, again, he declares his hope and his trust is in God. This year, we've been talking about it being a year of certain hope. Why can we have hope regardless of what life throws our way? 
because of the work on the cross that Jesus did for us. His death, his resurrection brings hope. Because the resurrection is true, we have hope that, that God brings life now, but also in eternity. Noting God's care in the early stages was crucial for David getting through this storm. And so today I ask, when we see tough circumstances, where do your thoughts go? Do you slow down and remind yourself of the hope and the trust that God brings? That even though we may be facing difficult circumstances, God is still God, he's still good, and he is still working and moving. Or does our mind automatically go to a place of fear and defeat? And let me just say, those of you whose mind go to, to the worst, sometimes you're not alone. I'm, I'm the guiltiest when it comes to as soon as I feel like life is beginning to get difficult or it throws a monkey wrench in things, my mind always goes to the worst. And, and so reading this is challenging to me. I need to rework the way that my mind thinks. I trust and I hope that God is who he is. And yeah, the, the things around me may seem hard, they may be difficult, but God doesn't change. Verses 7 11, we read, My life is an example to many because you have been my strength and protection. That's why I can never stop praising you. I declare your glory all day long. And now, in my old age, don't set me aside, don't abandon me when my strength is failing. For my enemies are whispering against me. They are plotting together to kill me. They say, God has abandoned him. Let's go and get him for no one will help him now. Due to David's faithfulness, people know exactly where he stands in his faith. His faithfulness is noted by those around him. And to the point where, where his life begins to look hard and the people around him think God's abandoning him. God has been with him his whole life, but right now God has forgotten him, and so this is the time to attack. And what that says is see the consistency in the way that David had followed God to that point in his life showed others where he stood in his faith. And can I tell you today, consistency is the most important thing that as followers of Jesus we can be. Consistent. In a world that's rapidly changing and one day something is in the next day it's canceled consistency is so important they were in wonder that a man so committed to god could be so afflicted and see following jesus isn't a free pass just because we begin to follow him doesn't mean that we are free from the troubles that life brings but we do have a strong refuge in God himself that we can look to. David knew the faithfulness of God through his younger years. See, as he had gotten older, he had saw God work in each phase of his life. And because of that, he asked God to continue to be faithful. I've seen you be faithful before, and I know you're going to be again. See, there's something about staying faithful. 
Not every believer grows stronger in their faith as they grow older. The Bible is filled with examples of those who sin or fall away in their older years. Solomon was drawn away to idolatry. The list goes on and on. Faithfulness each day. And it starts again with reminding ourselves of who God is. Verses 12 to 13 say, Oh God, don't stay away. My God, please hurry to help me. Bring disgrace and destruction on my accusers. Humiliate and shame those who want to harm me. David now is asking for God's help. As his years advance again, his troubles did not go away. The problems remained. And for some, for some of you today, this may be a significant hardship for you. You begin to wonder, God, why do you continue to let me go through these things? God, I feel like this has been following me for such a long time. Why do you allow that? Just know you're in good company. In the New Testament, we read that Paul had a thorn in his side his entire life. That he asked God to, to take away. And God didn't. And even for me, as I look at my life, and sometimes it feels harder than it should be, I think the truth is these things often come to keep us humble. See, when life begins to go well, if we're honest, we all begin to think it's our own power that gets us there. And it's these struggles and these trials that make us realize that we need God. We need his strength. We need him to walk with us. Now David, after declaring his trust, we see him rise in hope. And we read this in verses 14 to 16. It says, I will keep on hoping for your help. I will praise you more and more. I will tell everyone about your righteousness all day long. I will proclaim your saving power, though I am not skilled with words. I will praise your mighty deeds, O sovereign Lord. I will tell everyone that you alone are just. Again, God is David's hope and strength. David was in a crisis and he had depended on God for help. And yet despite his struggles, David doesn't slip into despair. When we cannot rejoice in what we have, we can look forward to what we will, which is eternity with our Savior. The way that we think is so important. Again, are we people who run to the worst solutions, who get discouraged, who get frustrated, or do we remind ourselves of who God is? Do we still praise and worship him for his faithfulness? Verses 17 to 18 say, Oh God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. Now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me, O oh God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Again, we see the strength of God from youth to old age. The reminders of God's faithfulness. And, and today, I'll even encourage you, for those of you who may be struggling, for those of you who life may be going well, take some time and reflect and look back what are some of the moments that God has been faithful in your life? And I, and I encourage you, if you don't have a pattern of writing those moments down, write them down. 
because that that book, that journal, that piece of paper, whatever it is that you write them down is going to be a source of strength when life feels difficult. Again, as we grow and mature in our faith, the, the depth of God's work in our life grows. There should be consistency to our faith. There is no moving from one fad to another, but it's steady, staying faithful each and every day through every season that life brings. David prayed for the continued presence of God that he could then declare it to the next generation. And can I say this part of it really excites me. One of our core values here at our church is that we want to be a church that equips the next generation. We know that the greatest thing that we can do is pass our faith on to the next generation. And David is pointing something to pointing to something really important here. And it's this, again, it's consistency. Can I tell you, people are watching you. They watch how you live your life. They watch what you do in good moments in life and the bad. And in those moments, do our lives point to Jesus? Again, people are watching. And as we look at the life of David here, people were drawn to Jesus. They knew what he stood for because of the way that he lived his life. Is the same thing true for you today? Verses 19 to 21 say, Your righteousness, O God, reaches to the highest heavens. You have done such wonderful things. Who can compare to you, O God? You have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again. David is revived by the God who has done great things. David considers the greatness of God. He reminds himself of the trust that he can have in him and the hope that he brings. He understands that all things are in God's hands. And then he makes a, a confident proclamation that his soul would be restored. So today, how can our souls be restored? Again, the focus is on God's work in our lives. We can't restore ourselves. We need God's redemptive work in our lives. And a theme all throughout Psalms in regard to restoring our souls comes down to these three things. The first one is rest. We slow down and we enjoy the presence of God. Today, for you, how do you best enjoy the presence of God? Maybe for some of you, it may be listening to worship music and just singing along in your car. For others, it may be going for a walk and just sitting in the beauty of God's creation. For others of you, it may be silence where you just sit and you're still. But this week, I would encourage you to find a way where you rest and you enjoy the presence of God. And can I say, part of why I think we're so burnt out a lot of times is that we don't rest 
in God's presence. In fact, we do the opposite. Again, as a culture, we keep ourselves busy, and I think it's to avoid dealing with the hardships in our lives. If I just keep my mind busy, if I just keep on bouncing around from thing to thing, I don't have to deal with what's really going on in my life. The second thing that we see throughout Psalms is reflection. See, his soul was restored as he looked at life from God's perspective. He felt protected, safe, and secure under the leadership of God. This week, don't just rest, but reflect. Use your mind. Look back. Where has God been faithful? What are some of the promises of God that are, that are important to you and that you need to hold on to? This week, I finished a book, and, and one of the, the closing chapters, one of the challenges was this. It was a book on hope, and, and it was great. And, and, and he said, make a list somewhere of the promises of God that you see, out, see throughout Scripture that when life is hard, you're going to hold on to. This week, I would encourage you to do that. Reflect. What are some of the promises of God that you have seen come true in your life? Write them down. Hold on to them. Cling to them. Would we not avoid thinking and reflecting? And then when we rest and when we reflect, we see replenishment. Rest and reflection all throughout Psalms led to our renewed strength to live for God. This replenishment also includes an anticipation to be with God forever. And I think it's because when we take the time to do this, we get back on track. I'm not, I'm not good at always keeping my thoughts in the right spot. And it's rest and reflection where I remind myself of who God is and the hope that I have in him. With this perspective on life, David lived with a restored soul. It prepared him for the problems of the day. He knew that God was with him and he cared for him and would never leave his side. And see, that's so crucial. Because when my mind begins to wander, see, the first thing that I begin to think is God is absent. He doesn't care about me. And he's no longer with me. But when I take the time to reflect and rest, I remind myself, God is with me. He is for me. And he loves me. We need to make time to reflect, to rest, and to replenish our souls. We can't just keep going on. And I think at the beginning of when all of this began a year ago, I, I'm, I myself was guilty of this where I'm going to put good habits into my life and I'm, I'm going to rest during this time. But if I'm honest, that didn't happen. I just filled my life with different hobbies and different things that I was able to do in the state that we were in. And a lot of the dreams and things that I really hoped for didn't happen. But know this, we cannot expect to live with a fresh, a fresh sense of God's presence in our lives if we constantly rush from one thing to the next. 
to be restored takes time. See, back to the opening illustration with pitching and, and throwing. See, a lot of players, they don't do the work that it takes to take care of their arms. They just go home, take a lot of Advil. They don't stretch. They don't put ice. They don't do the slow, the slow work that it takes to build up. They just pop a bunch of Advil before and after the game to mask the pain that's really going on because they're not taking care of themselves. And because of that, they do lasting damage. By the time they graduate, they may not be able to throw like they once were able to. Their arm may hurt, they may need surgery. And if we're honest, we often do the same thing in our lives. We mask what's really going on. We stay busy. We don't deal with what's really going on in our hearts. We don't take the time for the deep work of recovery in our souls. To do that, we need to be honest about what we're really facing. And it's one of the, the beautiful things that we read through David in Psalms. He is brutally honest. He expresses what's really going on, the struggles that he's really feeling. And we see the, the fluctuation between the two. We see the battle where David feels forsaken by an unresponsive God. We see David's soul as restless in agony, but then David also feels shepherded by an ever attentive God. And he feels his soul is restored to trust in God's care. There are two perspectives on reality. And they illustrate the diverse way that we experience faith on earth. If we live long enough, we all will experience pain. Where God may feel silent, absent, distant. But in those moments, if, if we take time to allow God to, to work, if we're honest, if we're vulnerable, we also experience God's restoration, peace, and protection. Today, if you're watching, and maybe you've never put your trust in Jesus before, know this. See, both expressions that we see in the book of Psalms point to Jesus. They foreshadow and prophesy of Jesus. See, Jesus was forsaken. But in, in him being forsaken, he restored our souls. In this world, we will have trouble. But we can take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. Jesus will restore our souls forever. He was forsaken by God. He was scorned and mocked by men. And his hands and his feet were pierced so that he could guide you through every valley. He could pursue you with goodness and mercy every day of your earthly life. And he can bring you to live with him forever. It's the incredible hope that we have in following Jesus. And today, if, if you want that hope, if you want to know Jesus, all it takes is for you to invite him into your heart. Jesus, I trust that what you did on the cross and your death and your resurrection was for me. Today, would you come, would you work in my heart and in my life? And for those of us, who do follow Jesus, just some thoughts for you this week. Again, and, and maybe in some ways to just seek God. 
to, to recover maybe some of, some of the hurt and the pain and the things that you've experienced in your life, maybe this past year, this past week, whatever it's been. One important note from this psalm is this. See, Psalm 71 has many references to other psalms and scriptures. Psalm 71.13 is similar to Psalm 35.26. Psalm 71, 19 uses the phrasing of Exodus 15. See, David made study and meditation upon God's word a priority through his life. And the result of that was is that he naturally was able to recall scripture in moments where life felt difficult. One of the greatest things that we can do is to know the word of God. And I would even encourage you, you, you heard about it earlier, we have a, a Connect class coming up on, on how to engage with Scripture. And I strongly encourage you to join that and be part of it. Maybe you don't understand the Bible, maybe you have no idea how to engage with it and how to read it. This is for you, because we believe in the power of Scripture, the comfort it brings to our hearts. In moments where life is difficult and we are able to remind ourselves of who God is. And then this week, rest. If you don't have time in your life where you slow down and you rest, make it a priority this week. Do it. Right now, schedule it. Get it on the calendar. A moment where you are going to stop and relax. And then while you do that, reflect. And here are some questions to maybe think through. Has your view of God changed over the last year in a good or a bad way? But, but as we've experienced kind of all this turmoil and chaos together, how has it impacted your view of God? And for some of you, maybe in the difficulty of it, your, your view of God has shifted and changed and you haven't even realized it. This week, reflect on why that may be. Are you willing to be honest, to give God room to come and restore. Honesty is crucial. We often feel like we need to lie to maintain some type of exterior image of ourselves that we think others want to see. Be honest. You can't have true restoration in your heart if you are not honest. Which leads to the last point this week, share the pain. Have someone in your life that you can walk this through with. Recovery often doesn't happen on our own. It starts in, in bearing our souls to God, but then often in bringing others along with you. Have someone you can vent to, process with, talk this through. As a culture, we've gotten really good at just smiling and pretending like everything's fine. But David was honest about where he was at, good or bad. He bared everything before others and God. And can I even say, for some of you, maybe this year has been incredibly difficult and you don't just need a friend to talk to. Maybe you need to see a professional who is skilled and able to help you process the things that you've gone through. That's okay too. But God wants to see us restored and whole and healthy. But we have to want help. 
We need to be honest. We need to be vulnerable. We need to share what's really going on in our lives. This week, would you make space for that? Let's close in prayer. Jesus, today we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you're the God that we can trust. And we're the, you're the God that we can know. Because of your death and your resurrection, God, you made a way that we can know you. Today we thank you for that. And God, I pray just as we start this series where we're just taking a look at our heart, God, I pray that this week as people rest and reflect, you speak to them. God, you just show them areas in their life where, where maybe they haven't even realized they, they've gotten off track, they've been hurt, they're struggling. And as they do, just give them the confidence to be honest, to, to bear what's really going on in their lives before you and to others. God, that we would be humble enough to ask for help when we need it. And God, as we do that, you would just restore us. You would bring healing and you would bring confidence in who you are. That God, through these difficult times, as, as we mature in our faith and get older, we can look back and say, God, you are faithful. And you're in my prayer. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this encourages you to take your next steps in your faith journey with God. You can check us out more on connectchurchnj.com. Have a great day.